Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. To never ever give up hope. Never ever give up hope is a show about people who have done just that. They never gave up no matter what they endured, no matter what the circumstances were that they had to overcome. And all of my guests have survived incredible things. And as a result, they have the passion to help others who may be going through something similar. Some have overcome extreme poverty and they are now successful and even multimillionaires. Some have overcome abuse of many different forms and types. Some have overcome serious depression or disease and now they are living free from fear and pain. So all of my guests have a story and each one of each one of us has a story. All of my guests are special, they are fighters, and they are winners, and they want to share their story with you so that they can help you. They can give you tips, they can give you encouragement, insight, and how to overcome you know, possibly the type of trauma that you yourself may be going through or someone that you know. So it's exciting to interview these survivors and thrivers and overcomers, and it's always exciting to hear their story. We are now heard in over 140 countries, and that shows me so strongly how the subject of hope is needed everywhere on this planet. And I'm so glad to be part of that message, as well as each of my guests and you as listeners. We wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you. So I really appreciate you listening and your comments and your feedback and your input. And I just enjoy sharing these awesome stories with you. Today I have a guest who actually has been on the show before. And when she was on before, she shared her story of how at 35 years old, she became a widow with small children and had to, of course, overcome extreme trauma and pain and stress. She turned her life around. She has become successful in every area of her life. And she's not going to share that entire story today. I'm sure she'll touch on it a little bit. But she's going to share what she is doing now and her new book, which you're going to love that title. She is an award-winning television creator. She's a successful technology media entrepreneur. She's an author and a full-time mom to five kids. And she just told me before the show, she's now considering a foster child and adopting as well. So I am so pleased that Laura Wellington is with us today. As I mentioned, she was widowed at 35 years old, but now she has dedicated her life to making the world a better place in every way. 
That also included spearheading Thread MB, and I want her to share a little bit about that. But the most important thing she wants to share today is her new book, and I absolutely love this title. Okay, hang on to your seatbelts. This is hilarious. The title is What to Do When Jane Knows Dick About Dating. Now on that note, welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Carol. It was lovely to talk with you. So before we talk about your book, let's talk a little bit about Thread MB. Explain what it is, what motivated you, you know, kind of sum it up from the last time we share, you shared. Okay, so Thread MB is a, um, uh, a blog I created. Um, what it does is it, it um, combines interviews from social media influencers um, specifically moms and um, celebrities. And we combine those interviews and among the questions that we ask are, is always a question about the social causes or social organizations that they aren't involved in. And the reason I launched um, the blog was one, because I thought that, like you said, everyone has a story. And these stories, especially through these social media mom influencers, were being underserved. Um, and secondly, I thought that these social causes um, and social cause organizations needed the exposure. Um, many of them don't get exposure because of limited budgets and, and, and know-how and whatnot. So um, I figured it'd be a nice vehicle to, um, to, to bring all of it together while giving celebrities also their due and with the work that they're doing, and and that's what I do. So, it's been a, a labor of um, a, a real labor of love. Um, it's been an amazing opportunity for me to learn a lot about a lot of different people and a lot of different organizations. Um, and so, um, that's I decided to begin that basically because um, I had begun writing, and it just seemed like it was the next step in my um, writing career. So that was that's Thread and B. And what does it stand for? Um, thread. Well, Thread is Thread, and MB is Mom Blogger. Okay. I originally were only inter- interviewing Mom Bloggers, but the Thread is every everyone has a story, and among all of us, there's a thread of all of that 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 threads those stories together. We are a global community, and we can never forget that. Tell us about your first book. What was the title, and what was it about? My first book was um, The Four-Star Diet, based on the wisdom of General Colin Powell and other ridiculously brilliant leaders. And what that book was, was really, it was not a diet book per se. It was more a a leadership book for women. Um, I realized after reading the leadership um, primer uh, written by Colin Powell that the principles he had embedded in um, that primer um, could be used for women. Um, within their own lives, uh, whether it be in in their business careers, in their home life, in their kitchens, in dieting, what have you. Um, so I took those principles and I converted each of, each one of them into a chapter in the book. And I I integrated within it not only the words of Colin Powell, but other leaders, everyone from actresses to poets to, to just great names throughout history that proved proved out that um, specific point in which I combined them with. It was a lot of, uh, very interesting book. Um, it got a lot of um, 
I'm impressed because it was so interestingly done. And again, I enjoyed um, teaching through it and then ultimately um, impacting a lot of lives through it. Do you think that that's what motivated you to start ThreadMB or were they hand in hand? They were hand in hand. They were really hand in hand. Because that, that ultimately, that book led to me writing for the Huffington Post or blogging for the Huffington Post and then ultimately introduced me into the blogging world. And so then ThreadMB came about. And what do you blog about uh, on other sites like uh, Huffington Post? Well, I used to blog. I no longer blog for the Huffington Post. But um, what do I blog for Thread and B when I'm talking? I talk about um, you know different things that are going on uh, in people's lives. Like I recently did an interview with um, uh, Mike Lindell, um, the My Pillow um, uh, founder. Oh yeah. And, and I spoke with him about um, his life, um, his um, his devotion. To not only his company, but how he uses his company as, in a sense, a ministry of sorts to um, help aid others who are coping with addictions and all the great work that he is doing um, through My Pillow. And you wouldn't know it was anything other than a pillow company right. if you didn't understand his story. But once you get to see his story and see how passionate he is about helping others, um, it is his focus in life. And and I learn stories like that. Uh, Matthew Straub, who who started the Heart, well, who actually is the chairman over at the Heart Gallery, who helps um, you know ex- bring exposure to children living in foster care, um, in, a, in in a way that will hopefully get them placed. Um, and the work he's doing behind the scenes through his technology company, um, I, I I unveil stories like that. You know, great women who are are achieving things on their own, or or great women who are home mothers who are home caring for their children and developing the minds and hearts and and lives of our future generations which to me if you you know that's the most important job in the world absolutely so you get nothing if you if you can't develop a mind properly and a heart properly that in that in itself um is the beginning to the end for all of us i bet you get excited as you know, different people come forward with not only how something they read or heard affected them, but also for the opportunities. Because obviously, it's it's there's a huge variety of stories that you share and uh, thoughts and um, insights. So, I I love it, Carol. I love when people when someone comes forward and wants to share their story, and if especially if it's like. A topic that is um, that I'm passionate about, you know. Whether you know, I, I I'm absolutely I'm a kid fanatic. I love children, and and so um, if there's a, a a child, if it's child centric in any way, um, or they're helping children, they're helping families that will then you know benefit children. Um, those stories just grab me. So I have an, I have one coming up in the next couple weeks that to me is just, I'm so excited to write the story. I was, I was hurt to hear it, and I'm excited to write it. So you're going to share what it's about? Um, autism. Okay. Is it for parents mostly? Like, is that? I think it's for all of us. Okay. I think it's for, for all of us to understand. Um, and it's a, a specific story and how that story is, um, is you know, how that story, um, the story will make you cry. And the story okay. will make you 
um, want to change things for sure. And that's your whole motivation, isn't it? Yeah. To bring change yeah. and awareness. Yeah, because you know what? I think, we, you know, we're, this world, unfortunately, is so mired in the negative. And we're so, we're all carrying, you know, heavy hearts and we're praying, you know, at least in this nation, we're praying that um, things become righted at some point, you know, that there's an optimistic future. Yes. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of us, for a lot of us, that's not the case. So, um, you know, you have, uh, you have the many and then you have, um, the few and the many are, you know, in many ways are, are really, um, worried and, and dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of negativity in their lives and just looking for hope. I think that's where I were. I mean, we're sitting in the position we are politically and, um, and, you know, uh, you know, with, through media and, um, you know, I just think that, um, there's just a lot of work to be done. Well, if we lose hope in our future, we basically lose hope in our present. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we need those lights. We need those lights. We need those good stories. We need those, those, those people to, you know, bring, uh, shed light on certain things and, and push, push others to do the right thing. We need those lights in this world. And that's why I'm excited about my show as well, because I, I as you're talking, I'm thinking of different people over the years that I have interviewed with similar things, you know, that they're in a state of hopelessness and someone somewhere came along and mm -hmm. gave them that thread, you mm -hmm. know, that literally that they could hang on to because sometimes that's all we have is just a thread mm -hmm. and, you know, to pull us into um, hope for the future and a change and it also comes with making that decision to do so as well and I'm sure that each one of the people that you have interviewed have a similar story where they had to make that decision. Uh, someone didn't do that for them. No. If and they wanted you know, change in their lives, right? Absolutely. There's all, you know what? Uh, we live alone in a sense. You know what? We all live within ourselves. And so we live alone. And there are moments when we feel alone. And there's a yes. tremendous amount of loneliness out there tremendous amount of loneliness. In fact, Psychology Today just did a study on, you know, how much loneliness there is and how it's impacting how we're all um, surviving in this society. But you know what? And then, then all of a sudden, you get that one person that that will make the difference in your life. They say the right yes, thing. Yes. They do the right thing, right in this of circumstances. And, and it changes everything. And it's not, and it may not change quickly, but over time it changes everything. And, and, and that's that hope. That's that hope. So, you know, that's sort of what my book, my second book is, is about too. It's, that's what Thread and B is about. That's what um, the stories I write is, are about. That's what, you know, the new book's about is helping say the right thing to give women hope, um, you know, with regards to finding someone you know, that they fall in love with and are loved by. Because you can't, you know, there's nothing in this world that's meaningful um, if you're not sharing it with someone you love. It becomes meaningless. All the accomplishments in the world mean nothing when you are when you hear that you get the phone call that, that will change your life, but then you look and there's no one standing next to you to tell. That's very true. That's why you and you can specifically talk about that as a widow, 
because right. I think that's, you know, as I, at my age in particular, when I see more men, you know, who are, are leaving their wives and what they have to go through. And, and it takes a long time. That healing process doesn't happen overnight. So to have people like you who have even experienced that at such a young age and to be able to share your insight and the fact that you can laugh again Mm-hmm. And have hope, not only in your future, but for your children and in every area of your life. I mean, isn't it wonderful to be able to be on that side as well? Like, it's wonderful to talk to people who can help change you, but to be one of those people that can help change others. thats It goes both ways, doesn't it? It's totally it, reciprocal. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because after writing this book, one of the things I hadn't realized was how many um, older um, women um, who are dating, um, the, the, the pain they've gone through and then the, uh, the need for the information. Because there's, there's a lot of things going on at that point. If, if your marriage is broken down and now you're, you know, you're in your later years, um, and, and, you, you know, we live in a society where that values youth, 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 and there's nothing wrong with youth, but there is something strong to be said for, um, living and aging and be growing in experience and wisdom and the beauty that comes with that. And that's not secondary. I get so tired of, of women being put in the position when they're older, feeling like they're secondary because they're no longer young. Oh my God. Young is one yeah, age, but you, being older comes with a lot of benefits here. And I think if we change our own attitudes about it, we will change society's attitudes about it. But the, unfortunately, we're not at that point yet for a lot of women. And so they feel as if because they're not 25, but they're 55, they're not as attractive. And so they go and they try to be something that they're not, which makes them only less attractive. And so, um, so I think that we have to begin again um, as women. And, and truly, um, this book, what this book does is it helps to remind women of that. And I get questions, Carol, from women who are dating now in their you know, the second era of their lives. And, you know, a lot of them really don't know how to navigate these websites well. You know, they're at a loss. They, they you know, they're caught between trying to figure out who they are now and, and, and the things that they now want to do that they thought they would be doing with us with a spouse. But yes. now yes. The travel they want to do and, the you know, the. Um, the, all the things that they want to do that they now they have the time to do, and now they're looking for partners to do it with, and they don't know, even know where to begin. And then they feel, you know, they don't feel valued. They don't, you know, they have the, the lines around their eyes, so they feel less pretty. And it's frightening that, you know, more of these women, I'd love to push them out the door and, you know, have more of them, you know, say to all the, go travel, go, go live your life. You know, do your thing, and someone will come along along the way. So if you don't want to go on a dating website, go go live your life. Live. Use that time. Don't, you know, you, you now have given up so much time to your family yes. and your children and the man who's no longer in your life. Now you start thinking about you. Do your thing. Figure out who you are, and then that right man will walk in the door. But don't wait, because that waiting leads to just a lot of waiting and really not much living. 
Do you talk to or have any people um, contact you that are men in this situation? Or I it- do. I do. They love the book. Men love this book. It's a crazy thing. I, you know, and that's, that was a big fear of mine, right? So you put out a book, you know, a dating book as a woman. You, you're yeah, waiting right, to- right. The first man to like to shoot you in the head because you know, but um, but they love this book. In fact, I got this rave review from a gentleman writer at the Good the Good Men Project, which um, I was just I was so happy to say. The thing is, you know, men are having the same issues in yes. some ways, and um, there are many wonderful men out there, but many of them are not online because they don't know how to navigate online, and okay. they feel like, they feel as if. Um, if they're not writers, they feel as if their their attempts to be online um, fail, um, whether it be people being disingenuous or just not being able to meet the right person. So they're stuck too. Okay. And so um, helping and helping, you know, the book also helps to explain them and their thinking. And look, I'd like to be able to say that um, everybody's going to agree with everything in this book because I know darn well that's never the case. Because we want, we live in a, a couple of different worlds here, a couple of different realms, right? We live in the realm where everybody is politically correct and wants to believe that everything is one way. And then we live in the realm of reality. And and we need to address that reality. We cannot forget reality in our quest to be a better society. Um, we have to, you know, reality is that men act a certain way and women act a certain way. And are there tweaks and changes along the way to a certain degree? But the bottom line is our, our primitive natures stand and it will always stand for as long as, as human nature is going to procreate. There are certain things that will never change. And so, so we have to be realistic about it. And I think the book is while trying to, um, you know, trying to explain today as well and deal with today as well. Well, let's let's back way up to the title because you need to explain what motivated you to write the book, which you kind of have, and yes. also the title, how you came up with that, and did you fall off your chair laughing when you did? I did. Okay, so so that the I title is uh, the title is what to do when Jane knows Dick about dating, <laughs> and. and I did. I mean, I toyed with it, the title. I went back and forth on it because I wasn't quite sure how um, it would be accepted and how it would play in the media. Because um, obviously, that's an part, important part of the book. And if it's censored, you know, the, it's gonna it's gonna ward off some media. Um, and but then again, it was you know, look, the, I, I've got I you know, I had teenagers for a long time. I still have one teenager. And, um, you know, I, they bring boyfriends around or girl and the, and the, the thing would be, well, they don't know Dick. So I'm like, okay, so that's a phrase. That's a current phrase. Right, <laughs> so, right. so I was like, well, and then when I, you know, I grew up and many of us grew up reading the Dick and Jane books. That's right. how we learned to be first to read. Right. So those are the basics. So I'm thinking reading is basic communication, right? It, we literally learn the basics of reading through Dick and Jane. So why not use that, twist it, so that we learn the basics of love and how to have a relationship? Because um, it just seemed like it would be a fun way to write a, a dating book. And I've, you know, there's lots of tons of dating books out there, and they all have their own advice and yada yada yada. But um, but the fact is, you got to get people to read them. 
And you know, if they're dry and boring or they, they're telling you the same old thing or the title is drab, no one's going to pick it up. Right. And so I wanted to pick it, have people pick it up. So to make it a little bit edgy and, and, and come hither type thing, um, it, it made sense. Now, now, the idea for me to write a dating book was so foreign to me about a year ago. I would have been, I, I was like shocked. I would have been shocked if you had you walk up and said, <laughs> you're going to write a dating book and it's going to be a hit in the next year. But the thing is, I was in Amsterdam. I took a solo vacation and um, and I was at a bar eating dinner. Um, I took a table at a bar near, near and, and so, but there were these two women that were talking about a very bad date one of them had had, and they were actually sitting at the bar having a drink. And I, since I was such in close proximity to the those women, right. I I overheard the conversation, and of course I couldn't stop listening because the the details were incredible. And so, <laughs> but, and, and so because of that, I said to myself, I, "I'm for sure this girl's not going to go up to this guy again. Who the heck would go out with this guy again?" And um, but that wasn't the case. She actually was considering going out with him again, giving him a second try. And as a mother and as someone who's dated um, as well, I thought to myself, you got to be out of your mind. Your mo- if your mother was sitting here, she would stop you in the silly. So, uh, you know, I guess my reaction became apparent. And so she, she, I got drawn into the conversation. And then uh, about an hour later, when I decided, I, you know, it was enough. I was going to take my leave. And I was pretty sure she wasn't going to see him again. Um, she, uh, she said to me, you know, you really should write a dating book. And I said to myself, I am not writing a dating book. I mean, like I appreciated the compliment, Carol, but I had no idea, desire to write a dating book. And then all of a sudden that idea haunted the heck out of me for the following week until finally I called up a, a publisher and told him the idea and he loved it. And he signed me on the spot, literally on the spot. And he gave me a five-week writing deadline and a six-month release date. So, and it really wasn't a problem because, you know, frankly, I it, the book wrote itself, wrote itself. So, tell us about it. So, how is it laid out? Is it a handbook? Is it written as a story? No, it's a handbook with some stories inside of it. Um, a few poems that I wrote, which are a little bit edgy. Um, I start out with, it, it basically covers the meet and greet plus the first three months. Okay. Um, and I, it's got 40 somewhat chapters in it. So each chapter is short and it addresses different points um, that I think are relevant to, to that time period in dating. Um, a lot, initially, I start with, um, you know, a, a, some, a friend of mine wrote the, um, the forward and then the introduction basically lays out the book for the readers, what they should expect. And part of that comes from um, a, a uh, it explains the Dick and Jane, you know, the reason I, uh, the, the title and also explains um, how some of what I learned and much of what I learned in dating in my own life came from my father. Lessons my father taught me. A man, a man is a man is a man, and so um, so it's the things that he taught me that were true. And the biggest thing he taught me is watch a man's actions, don't listen to his words, and he will tell you everything. And so uh, that has never changed. That will never change. Men are like this; they they speak through their actions. So their words mean it might mean one thing, but their actions will tell the story. And so. Um, Let me just stop you for a second. Are you talking about like their words when they're trying to get you to go out with them or what are you referring to? 
I think when they when they're when they're um, one trying to get them, you know, get you to go out with them, and two treating you or, or continuing on dating you for the next three, you know, three really men all of their entire life, their actions will speak more than their words. But um, or or it will tell you the story. Let's put it that way. But certainly, the third, first three months of dating, I very I very much urge women. Um, before they make significant decisions about him to watch his actions because he'll tell you what he wants. He'll tell you if he's, in other words, if, if he says he really likes you, likes you, likes you, but then, you know, he doesn't or, or he makes an excuse why he missed it or why he didn't call or what, you know, a man who wants you will let you know it. He will let you know it. He will jump through hurdles, run gauntlets, and, and do whatever it takes to make sure, even if there's something Im- impeding him from from being at that date that night, he will make sure that 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 you are aware of it, and he will he will prove it to you in a sense. But there are a lot of women that don't understand that, and so they just accept everything, and that's not conducive to actually having a relationship or even even demonstrating your value to him and the standards that you hold. Now, how does this different than how women use actions? I think women use actions as well, but also women are very verbal. So women are there. They really are very verbal. So um, so what women say could actually indicate how she feels. I mean, I, I mean, realistically, it's more it's more valid when a woman says something it's more you can you're more likely believe her up front than if a man says something. He'll speak through his actions. Okay. He may say something, but it'll be different. Women are verbal characters. The problem is because we're verbal, we assume that men are equally so or that that what they're saying is exactly what we would say through our own words. And that's wrong. That's wrong. That's the that's the that's the that's the confusion. Now you said uh, in one of the little blurbs I read, about your book that you call dating the six letter nightmare which you've touched on a little bit here and you also said that this includes the me too movement why don't you address that what you mean by that well i don't remember saying the six letter nightmare (laughs) but i think that um i think that in regards to the me too movement i think um unfortunately in this society um, we are having strong miscommunication between men and women. Okay. I think that women don't aren't valuing themselves as much as they should. And I think that because of that, there's a lot of confusion with what they'll what they'll tolerate um, from men. So in other words, if a woman is strong, a strong sense of self and values herself in a way that um, that that she's proud of if if there's an issue with a gentleman whether it be sexual harassment or whatnot she'll handle that very differently than the woman that doesn't okay and so and so that in there lies a, a a problem because when we don't value ourselves as women and when we don't keep our standards high um and in not only in dating relationships men, man, female, male, female interactions, the result of that can be disastrous. And not only for those women directly involved in those situations, 
but for every other woman on the planet. It's, it's really important that we get this right because it's all connected. And I think it really begins with, you know, do you value yourself? And if you value yourself, then what will you or won't you tolerate when, when in the presence of, of uh, a, it, whether it be a dating situation or an interaction with a gentleman, the, you know, uh, that, I mean, all of it is connected. Very interesting. It's, is the book written with a lot of humor? Yeah, I, you know, I did was playful in it because I think that dating can be is playful too. If you lose, if you lose your sense of humor, man, you're you're going to be at the creek. Um, but I think I I used a playful tone. I used a little bit of an edgy, a lot of an edgy tone, but I never slipped the line because that's okay. just not me. Okay. But I, you know, like I said, it's 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 an interesting read and it's fun and it's quick and I think that's what you need in situations like this where you just want information and you want to digest it quickly so you can get a you know get on with it. I mean, who wants to wait another day to meet the the, the, the person you're going to be in love with or will fall in love with or could have a life with? So this type of book is more of a quick, um, quick write and read. Do you address issues that can come up? you know, later on in dating, such as uh, finances or, yes. um, okay. Yeah, yep, I do. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's a certain amount of that in the book. Or there's, there's like two chapters specifically, but look, everything that you do in the beginning sets the tone all the way through. Good. So there's got to be some of that because it's real. And then that's why the beginning you need to set the right tone. Because you may end up with the wrong man if you don't set the right tone. Good point. Excellent point. In summary, summarize whatever you would like to. The book, um, Thread MB, anything, your other book, whatever you are involved with. And give us a call to action of how we, where we can get the book and who we should recommend it to. So I think that in summarizing, I think if you're if you're struggling with dating or if you know someone who's struggling with dating or if you're a mom of a daughter or a son, there's I mean, a son, uh, fathers are recommending it to their daughters too. fathers are reading it as well. Um, I think that that the book is for you because, you you know, there's there's a good takeaway. Maybe you don't agree with all, with all of it or maybe you learn something that. You know, maybe you think something's wrong now, but you'll find out that there's it's actually right <laughs> as you go on. Okay. Um, so I think that's some of it. I think um, I think there's something in it for everybody. So let's begin there. Um, where you can get it, it, Amazon has it, Barnes and Noble has it, um, Target has it, um, so that it's available online um, and in um, some you know traditional brick and mortar retailers. Right. As far as other things going on, I have a children's book series coming out in 2019, which has everything to do with some great stories for kids, picture book series, which I author and illustrate. And that um, will raise exposure also around children in foster care. Okay. Um, so that's something that I'm passionate about. Yes. And, um, and, and I think that's what you, as far as me, if you want to contact me, um, you either go through the publisher at Post Hill Press or you can reach me through Thread and Bay. If you go through the general contact at Thread and Bay, they'll, they'll send me, they'll get a note to me. Well, so, we'll also have all those links up on. Yeah. On, yes. So then there you go. And then, then, then that's how you do it. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, thank you, Laura. That was sure 
Interesting and inspiring because I think there is a need and you found that that niche and you're running with it. I think that's great. I'm Thanks. not in that position, but I know people who are. <laughs> and so it's very, it would be a very easy book to recommend to somebody, especially if it's written in a light vein. I don't think yeah. anybody in that position really needs to be lectured. So <laughs> yeah. what you should do, you know, you Anyway, agreed, agreed. So, agreed. Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate you know, that. And we're looking forward to, I've got to get a copy of it. I, as you're talking, I thought about like three people that need it. So I will pass that on and I hope that the listeners do as well. So thank you again, Laura. This has been great hearing from thanks, you again. Carol. I appreciate it, Carol. It's always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.